welcome to the Field of Streams, where I, your host, Janine McRae, bring you the tiny thoughts that stream from my brain and present them to you as though they're a kind of karmic spell that's triggered whenever someone leaves a bag of doggy doo-doo on the trail side while saying, I'll pick that up on the way back. And everyone knows they 100% will not. And this spell, as soon as this asshat walks back by without picking it up, this spell makes that little baggie of poop magically disappear only to materialise in that person's bed under the covers with a little note that says, Trail justice, you have been served. Mmm, retribution. Now, I can't promise you much with these weekly leave-no-trace missives, but I can promise you this. I won't keep you long. A promise like that deserves a follow, don't you think? Tap that follow button. I dare you. Drafts, people. We're talking about drafts today. Not beers, not horses, but drafts as in multiple iterations of a thing that you're writing, whether it be a poem, a book, a letter, copy for an advertisement, whatever. The first draft will rarely, if ever, be the final draft. It's an episode about working on things, and it was inspired by a thing that I saw online that showed the many iterations of an Elizabeth Bishop poem. The poem is called One Art, and it's written in the form of one of my favourite types of poems, the villanelle. I have never written a villanelle, but one day I will. And if you're unfamiliar, the Oxford Dictionary describes a villanelle as, quote, a 19-line poem with two rhymes throughout, consisting of five tercets and a quatrain, with the first and third lines of the opening tercet recurring alternately at the end of the other tercets, with both repeating at the close of the concluding quatrain. End quote. Got it? I'll just add in that a tercet is a three-line stanza and a quatrain is a four. One of the most famous villanelles is probably Dylan Thomas's Do not go gentle into that good night. Don't worry. Tell you what, I'll read the Elizabeth Bishop poem at the end if you want to stick around for that so you can see what I mean and what a villanelle is like. But back to this episode. So I read this thing about the making of that poem that showed how it really changed over the course of her working on it. And it was really quite different. It didn't start out as a villanelle. I'll put a link to that dissection of the writing of that poem in the description if you want to go check that out. I actually recommend it. It's really interesting. And it inspired me to write what I'm about to read to you in this voice that is coming to you in your ears right now. In the piece, I work on a little paragraph of my own, which is repeated throughout over the sound of pencil scribbles. Not quite a villanelle, but it's a head nod to repetition, I guess. And each time it gets edited down to a tighter paragraph before resolving into... Well, I won't spoil it. You'll have to listen. So let's get into it. Without any further threats of reworking this intro, I invite you to sit back, relax, and allow me to read to you a piece of my writing called... It All Comes Out in the Rinse of the Draft. Write the words. Let them flow out and from you. Blood from your brain, sweat from your heart, life from your death. Let the words gallop fast and angry and sweet and shy with agitated vigour and relentless splurge. Unmuzzle the muted. 
flood light to the dark halls of your consciousness and guide them to the finish lines of our world. These are your words. This is your poem. Construct, compile, now rinse. I stare at the text. Part of my brain says it is done, but that's the lazy part. There are other parts speaking now. Whole suburbs on the outskirts of Brain City have sent representatives to my capital. They are protesting on the steps and chaining themselves to the railings as they yell their demands. With raised fists, they advocate for the rinse, the multi-rinse, the glisten rinse, the clarifying, all-commanding, edifying shine that can only come from polished work drying on a rack in the kitchen of creativity. Which is a mouthful. A long-winded way of me saying, how do you work a poem? Or a draft of anything, for that matter. This is me, talking, real time, pretending I know. Welcome to the rinse. Write the words, blood, sweat, life. Merge your soul with the air and crystallise the seam. Stream the feed from the dark halls of your consciousness to straddle the throne to this world. These are the words. This is your poem. Open the door and beckon to the signal. It will all come out in the rinse. The irritating detritus, the throwaway scraps, the bloated fat and slimy grime. Skimmed from the surface and down the drain it will go, off to clog up someone else's sewer. It must be done. It must be. The sleeves rolled up and detergent at the ready. Without the rinse, your work will stay a clouded glass, a coffee-stained cup, a saucy plate without shine or clarity. The rinse is the filling of your creative sink with the suds of process. The rinse is the thrashing cleanse. The rinse is steps two, three, four, and however many rinses you need to reveal the truth of the thing, your thing, this work of art. The rinse will let you know if it's art or garbage. The rinse will baptise you in the cool waters of Failure River. There is a frustration to drafts. Ask any copywriter who is now labelling their file V16 and saving it to the server. This frustration does not come from the rinse, which for copywriters is all discovery and angles and degrees of compromise while maintaining the joy. No, the frustration is knowing that even as you are typing V16, the shadow of the draft boomerang looms. You will update. It will be declared perfect, and no one will notice it's identical to V1. Copywriters, I see you. I just wanted to acknowledge your pain. But we should also acknowledge this. The shine is in the rinse. You scrub away at the truth held at the core of the work, rinse after rinse. And if it ends up being what it was at the start, well, so be it. Again, the shine is in the rinse. Write the words, merge your soul with the air and rise. Invite possibility to this infinite poetry. Just write until it's just right. The rinse is harder with your own work. There, I said it. There are some things you don't want to see disappear down the drain and so you don't scrub as hard as you should. With your work, you are the client. There is no brief and no one is making you do the work so who gives a shit if it stays grubby and dull, right? All I can say is resist the urge to leave first drafts as best drafts 
even if it turns out to be true. All I can say is throw that first draft in the sink, break out your harshest scrubbing pad, and scuff at your work. Don't be afraid to use a little elbow grease. Again, 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 the shine is in the rinse. Right. This week, I stumbled upon a dissection, a rinse of a rinse, if you will, of Elizabeth Bishop's draft for the poem One Art, and it reminded me of what it is to work at a thing. If the rinse of that Elizabeth Bishop poem shows us anything, it's that the end result can often look nothing like the start while still being the same thing. You see the seeds of it right there in draft one, but the working of the poem transforms it into something else entirely. The rinse occurs over pages of rewrites and notations, and then the format she goes with, in the end, really pulls the strings of the garment together. It rinsed me a little, and by that I mean seeing inside that process inspired me to tackle some of my own stacked dishes. My half-finished speed poetry project from 2019 sits like mucked-up crockery at the edge of my sink, begging for the rinse. Of the 365 poems I wrote that year, I identified about 20 that could do with a good dunking to see what they look like without the smudge of first-draft ego on their faces. But I never got further than that. I never filled my sink. It's not too late. I will drown them in the rinse. I will hold them underwater in the suds and release them to the surface only when I can be sure they have accepted their baptism. In this, their first moment of cleansing, they will show me their true form, or a glimpse of it at least, and we shall move to the drying rack in preparation for round two, round three, whatever it takes. Maybe there's even a song in one of them. Write the words. Let them flow out and from you. Blood from your brain, sweat from your heart, life from your death. Let the words gallop fast and angry and sweet and shy with agitated vigour and relentless splurge. Unmuzzle the muted. Flood light to the dark halls of your consciousness and guide them to the finish lines of our world. These are your words. This is your poem. Construct, compile, now rinse. What's in your sink? Where are your dishes? What will come out in the rinse? Today, we don our rubber gloves, grab our work by the scruff of its neck, and dunk it in the warm wash of process. Gurgle, gurgle. Glug, glug. And there you have it, today's episode. And now, as promised, I shall read to you Elizabeth Bishop's poem, One Art. Just a reminder, five tercets, one quatrain at the end. First and third line of the first tercet are repeated in various ways throughout the poem, so look out for that. All hail the villanelle! I love them. Okay, the poem. Let's go. <clears throat> one Art by Elizabeth Bishop The art of losing isn't hard to master. So many things seem filled with the intent to be lost that their loss is no disaster. Lose something every day, accept the fluster of lost door keys, the hour badly spent. The art of losing isn't hard to master. Then practice losing farther, losing faster, places and names, and where it was you meant 
to travel. None of these will bring disaster. I lost my mother's watch, and look, my last or, next to last, of three loved houses went. The art of losing isn't hard to master. I lost two cities, lovely ones, and, vaster, some realms I owned, two rivers, a continent. I missed them, but it wasn't a disaster. Even losing you, the joking voice, a gesture I love, I shan't have lied. It's evident the art of losing's not too hard to master, though it may look like, write it, like disaster. That's a good one, isn't it? Master and disaster. Okay, let's wrap this up. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I'd really dig it if more people listened to this podcast, which sounds desperate on my part, but you can help. If you enjoyed this episode, send it to someone you think might like it too. Perhaps a poet in training. Perhaps someone working on their own villanelle. By sharing my writing, I'm hoping to inspire creative folk to get out there and make something of their own. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode and sign up to read my writing at janemacrae.substack.com. But for now, I will leave you the way I always leave you, with these words. Love what you love, and I'll see you out there making stuff.